0: Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Great pleasure to be with you. As always, please, during the week, join us on Fox Business Network. name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day. And if you can't get to us at 4, just text message your favorite 9-year-old who will show you how to DVR the show. That's all it takes. And here you can live stream us on the Internet LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com runs across the country, throughout the world, all through the solar system and the Milky Way, wherever that may be. So let's look at stocks and the economy. We have, oh, we've got a good swing out today. This is going to be great. Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, Chicago's leading restaurateur. And Jeff Kilberg, CEO of KKM Financial and proud graduate of Notre Dame University. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, I want to begin with a little discussion on the economy because we haven't done that much. And I want to say we had two big releases this week. One was on fourth quarter GDP, which, if you uh, look under the hood, was really a lousy number. Now, the headline number was 2.9. But if you look under the hood, most of it was a big inventory build and a big trade uh, improvement. Um, consumer spending, it's funny, consumer spending came in at 2.1%, so that was okay. But at the same time, the second report that was very important, personal income for the month of December, which, again, for consumer spending showed a decline in December – and a decline in November, and the three months were negative. And um, that tells me the inventory bill is going to have to collapse, and I think there's going to be negative GDP in the first quarter and maybe the second quarter here. So I I think it's got recession written all over it. The inflation number is not bad, though. Inflation was uh, one-tenth of one percent on the PCE deflator, three-tenths of one percent on the core, uh, for the 12 months, you're at 5% on the PCE deflator and 4.4 4 on the core. Those are important measures for the Federal Reserve. And they've come down quite a bit from uh, roughly 9%, but the Fed's target is 2 So there's still over twice uh, the Fed's target. So I think the Fed's got more work to do, probably another quarter coming up, maybe another quarter after that. We will see. Anyway, I begin with you, Mr. Urio. Um, what's your take on these economic numbers and the Fed, for that matter?
1: Okay, can I ask you a quick question first? I've been studying economics for 40 years. Why is inventory builds con- considered in the GDP? How does that help the average American and figure into the headline GDP? It's never really made sense to me. Am I crazy even for asking that question or no?
0: Well, it's a good question. Look, um, the reason it's in there, it's part of the overall investment. I mean we okay. everybody breaks it out. Because you ha- you have to produce goods and services. Uh yeah. and so they it's really calculated as part of uh non residential business investment. It's kind of a, a misleading number. But look, inventories are important. I mean inventories oh, of But it
1: obfuscates what we're looking at here, it seems like sometimes, because that really doesn't, to me, give an accurate temperature of the average American. But yeah, I think what you said about the under the hood, you know, credit card debt, all time highs, and the service of that debt. 3% Three percent higher than it just was a year ago. Household savings down 1.6 trillion. Uh, business in- investment within that GDP number, you know, a paltry 1.4 um, percent. You know, the average American family is suffering right now, and the, the question why it's not showing up in the data is something that keeps me up at night. But here, I think it genuinely is just the tale of two economies. And I think the dramatic wealth transfer that happened over the, um, the first year and a half of the pandemic response is figuring into these numbers. The people who have money have plenty of money, but there are plenty of people who don't. I don't know if you saw the latest from uh, Bloomberg that um, uh, car delinquency loans is the highest since 2009, like right after mm-hmm. the implosion of the great recession. So that's a uh, delinquency longer than 60 days without payment. Th- these are big deals to me. And I think, and I hate when we see these numbers. I hate being the guy who's like, "Going, but if you look at it this way, we are going to recession because at some point in time, someone's going to think that uh, the emperor has no clothes and we have no teeth in this." But I do still think it's going to happen.
0: Well, look at business equipment investment, which is very important. Um, that includes uh, doesn't it, it? It's not plants, but it includes all manner of technology, for example. Um, you know, and other machinery, that fell. I mean, this was not reported hardly. But business equipment in the fourth quarter was down 3.7% at an annual rate. That's a nasty number. Yeah. And, and that Those goes. Numbers. So, I mean, I think uh, we'll, get, we'll get Kilberg in here. But I just want to. You don't s-
1: need to. Larry, just let it be me and you. Let's just settle. <laughs> <away>. yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> but. Uh, you know, they, they, it was, uh, um, Biden went out and took a bow and said how great these numbers were and the Republicans were going to screw it up. But the reality is these were lousy numbers. By the way, for the year, just for the heck of it, fourth over fourth, real GDP was only 1% growth for the year. And, um, the GDP deflator was 6.3. So those are broader numbers. Um, the PCE numbers on prices were uh better, I aka lower, uh five percent for the PCE deflator four point four. But I think you have a stagflation here, Jeff Kilberg. You you're basically with these numbers, Jeff, um the chances of recession, you know, and of course we have the inverted yield curve and leading indicators have been declining and M two is declining. But with these numbers, uh I think the chances of recession Uh, unfortunately for the country, are a lot higher. And you probably would, you know, not far-fetched to say the first quarter will be negative.
2: I got to push back on you guys a little bit. And, And I know there's two ways to look at this glass. It's either half full or half empty. But you guys are looking at the glass as half empty and leaking. Let's take the side of earnings. Let's talk about earnings for a second. I know it's been pretty bifurcated, but nonetheless, we are 16% higher from the October low in the S&P 500. And earnings last week was a big count. So look at American Express. Yes, they missed on the top and bottom. But that forward guidance, talking about the strength of consumer, not just domestically, Larry, but also over in Europe, that put a little bit of spring in the step. So I do think we have the ability of a soft landing. I know the PCE data does allow the Fed to potentially you know, have a little bit softer tone next week. We're going to have to wait until see Fed Chairman Powell takes the actual microphone on Wednesday, February 1st. As we see the market move, though, the market has been confirmed. The breadth is getting better. We are now seeing the NASDAQ 100, which was the laggard last year, down over 30 percent. It's back above its 200-day moving average. We saw the S&P 500, as well as Dow Jones, vault its 200-day moving average. So there's a lot of uh, positivity is it sustainable? This could be another bear market rally. We did see, you know, last August we saw an 18% pop off the low in June. But nonetheless, I have more optimism than you two, and that's pretty
0: pretty low bar you guys have set today. Well, I'm not. Look at I'm not saying the uh, stock market. And a, I
2: wasn't making fun. I was not making fun of Yurio's height in that joke. By the way, okay. I don't want on Twitter, Jimmy. Okay, here we go.
0: I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying. Uh, I didn't comment on the stock market. I didn't say a word about the stock. market. I'm just saying that the Nor I, underlying economic numbers don't look good. Um, earnings look profits. Uh, Urio doesn't believe in profits, so that's point number one. I think profits are the mother's milk of stocks. Um, I don't think I don't think earnings are going to be any good. You know, you can point to X, Y, and Z, um, and I'll point to Intel or Goldman Sachs. But the sure. broadest measure of profits will come from the GDP accounts. Now we didn't get. We didn't get the fourth quarter, uh, but the profits, um, particularly non-financial profits in the GDP accounts, which is the broadest measure uh, adjusted for capital consumption and so forth, um, those numbers have been flattening out. Margins have been coming down. I'd be careful about the profits story. Uh, I mean, I know Wall Street, you know, it, 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 the Yeah, but I, mean, I think we also but... have to
2: look at GDP to a certain extent, Larry, as a bit of a rearview mirror. I think there's so much yes. Uh, yes. to really digest with China reopening. and Europe, maybe not as bad. There's a couple other inputs that I think are going to change. And, of course, the stock market is a forward-pricing mechanism. But we are in a unique moment in time. We've never seen balance sheet expansion. We've never seen a pandemic. You know, I know Jimmy – is really only probably traded during the 1918 Spanish flu, but nonetheless, you and I have never traded in a pandemic, Larry.
0: Go ahead, Jim. It's time for a response. <laughs>
2: no, wait, okay. So the joke that Larry just made a second ago for you people
1: listen, is we've had this running argument for 15 years. I don't look as much at profits and earnings because I believe it's Ooh. more of a macro Fed story.
0: I got I it. I got it as much. Usually I get a zero. <laughs> as much. I'm to be nicer. It's my new <laughs> to be less abrasive.
1: But I think that Fed liquidity is the mother's milk of stocks. And that's uh, that's what I'm, I, I'm not going to be disabused of that yet, just because not even now we're pricing in two more 25 basis point um, hikes at the next two meetings and then eases by the end of, uh, of 2023, which, by the way, I'd like to challenge that. I think the situation where they would uh, hike 50 more basis points and then toward the end of the year, uh, take back only a quarter, because the only reason they would ever pi- uh, pivot if things were falling apart, if the flames reached the windows of their tall ivory towers. That being said, the re- I, I said about how bad I think the economy is, particularly the bifurcation, which you mentioned, Jeff. I don't think, I, to me, that's my bull case for stocks, because then I think the Fed starts to back off, and they start to realize that the efficacy of their rate hikes is just starting to be felt now, and the yield curve has been screaming that at them for months.
0: By the way, I want to uh, make a point in your favor regarding liquidity because in the next uh, – this is just three, four, five months, the Treasury Department is going to be pushing in um five or $600 billion of new cash into the banking system in order to avoid a debt default. It's a very interesting, almost obscure topic, and I gotta give a hat tip to my pal, Dan Clifton, of Strategus. Um, this rarely happens. This is like old fashioned, you know, in the beginning of time, at the beginning of the 20th century, it was before the Federal Reserve was the Federal Reserve, before the, there was a Federal Reserve, um, the Treasury Department did open market operations. Anyway, they are going to push a lot of new cash into the economy in order to um, pay the interest on bonds. Just an interesting that's, point.
2: Uh, that's like a QE package, right? Yes, it's a
0: new it's, QE it's, package. Yes, it's a mini QE. That's exactly what it is. Not such a mini QE, by the way. All right, right. the engineers are telling me I got to take a quick break, so I will do that. Jim Urio of TJM Institutional Services. Jeff Kilberg, CEO of KKM Financial. Uh, Believe it or not, folks, we're all good friends. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. We're talking stocks, or we are about to be, with Jim Urio of TJM Institutional Services and Jeff Kilberg, CEO of KKM Financial. Jim Urio, what is your uh, stock market outlook right now?
1: So I'm still bull. I'd like to see some more strength on Monday. I've been a bull for a few months. The, the, what I particularly like is metals and copper more than anything else, just because I think the, chop, the China coming back online story um, is big. But I do, I want to see the dollar, and I, I'm, I'm it, for my bull thesis, I'd like to see a little more weakness in the dollar, like trading below 101 in the dollar index. But then I think after the first quarter, if rates stabilize and start to hint for lower rates, uh, I think tech then could explode but i'm I'm mostly metal and it's uh you know copper, silver, gold platinum,
0: in that order. Why is gold so hot? Dollar is down gold is up what What do you make of that
1: so I think that gold is up because the dollar is down, and I think the initial start to the moving gold had something to do with the crypto market because you know the, the crypto had just taken so many punches, so the question becomes that three trillion dollar at its high market as soon as all of a sudden crypto became not really a reasonable. Um, dollar hedge, then gold became your dollar hedge. And then as we start to rally, then the reasons for rallying doesn't matter as much because buying begets more buying. So I think that's the story in gold so far.
0: And copper is hot.
1: Copper's hot. Copper was being just pummeled three months ago. Copper was, you know, plumbing the lows and it was all about lockdowns in China and all about the strength of the dollar and those two things are reversed. So copper's hot. Copper's like been I gave a speech about that three months in New Orleans and I, I it's copper's my big play for Six months a year and five years.
0: And Jim Kilberg, um, oil is hot. Now, not this past week, but basically, crude oil, West Texas crude has gone back, it's basically gone from, in round numbers from 70 to 80. And Brent crude, European crude, has also gone up about 10 bucks. Although it is interesting, natural gas has plunged. $2.85 according to these sheets down 36% year to date Jim Kilburn. what's going on there natural gas that because no one's going to use gas burning stoves anymore ha 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 <laughs>
2: That's a meme in itself, but you know, I think you bring up a great point. And to see crude oil at eighty dollars, I think that really speaks. And I'm gonna to have to repeat this because Jim loves hearing this. But I think Jim's right. Yes, Jimmy, I think you're right. And I know you love hearing that out loud. But wow. when you just dollar awesome. index, awesome. <laughs> I know, I know, and amen's coming next. But when you see the dollar index relent, when you see the 10-year note read. If you go back just to October, Larry, you saw that 10-year note. That was the max yield. It was about 430. Now it's back and seemingly tethered to 3.5%. So that's giving a lot of uh, rejuvenation to some of the names. I've actually talked a little bit. Remember the dog of the Dow's? That was the trade where you'd buy the worst stocks in the Dow? Well, mm-hmm. I kind of came up this year with the nasty of the NASDAQ. And these are high beta names, folks. But you talk about Tesla. Lucid, AMD, Nvidia. Those were the four worst names in the NASDAQ. Those are all up 40 percent. So super high beta, but I think it speaks to Jimmy's point. I can't say it again, Jimmy, but it speaks to his point that that lowering of interest rate yields, that lowering of the dollar is going to allow tech to come back and heal. And when you see that downtrend breaking like it has, even in emerging markets, or look at PGJ, that's the Invesco Golden Dragon Index. Of course, when you see China coming back online, that speaks to oil, the demand of oil. So I think oil Oil will stay elevated, and that's going to really help a lot of soothing, a lot of healing. But we have allocations in EEM, which is the emerging markets ETF, as well as PGJ, trying to capture this. We push position in that in Q4, and it's working right now. Larry, is it sustainable? Well, we have to see what Fed policy is, and if they do come up for air. And I think the last thing I will come up for air myself here in a second. But the last thing is that we have really trusted the Fed. The Fed has not forecasted anything in the last four decades. I don't know why the market is trusting that they're going to do the right thing. And I think what the 10-year note is telling them and the long end of the curve is that it's time for them to raise 25 base points and then sit on their hands and stop.
0: Listen, Amen. you guys you guys are good, but you're not as good as Nancy Pelosi.
1: <laughs> Nobody's you're not as no. good as Nancy
0: Pelosi because Nancy Pelosi shorted Google a couple yeah. weeks before Remarkable. the Justice Department filed an antitrust case. So that's good investing you know you yeah, guys but, well, how about
1: Hillary Clinton she turned 4000 into 100,000 in 9 consecutive trades well, and then retired i was going like me- to nine home runs in your first nine at bat so I, was gonna, I was
0: good i was going to mention her but i didn't want to offend anybody <laughs> I, I thought
2: Gordon Gecko was good Gordon yeah, gecko was looks like junior varsity
0: i mean Pelosi gets investor of the year you know what i mean she made 3 yeah. million bucks and this was the best part of that story business insider did this and they actually printed out all her trades. And oh, it was like, like a 25 pages. You killed, you had to kill a lot of trees to get her whole book. I mean, she's a wealth manager. She's a yes. Morgan Stanley wealth you manager. That she's not a speaker.
1: She bought, she, yeah, she bought the paper companies because of how long that was. <laughs>
0: Unreal. Uh, so, uh, Jim Urio, what well, will the, when is the Fed, Fed meeting? Is this coming week? Yeah, Wednesday, this week. So what do you, you reckon a quarter? I reckon a quarter,
1: but I do think they're going to flex their muscles and keep warning us that they're not they're not done yet and yeah. they're going to keep going. Yeah. I think they're going to keep flexing their muscles until they stop.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, I know market indicators say inflation is gone, uh, but the stuff they look at, uh, again, I'll go to my sheets, the stuff they look at is still rising at 5%. They look at the personal consumption expenditures. Which is, you know, of all the lousy pieces of government data, uh, it's be- it's better than the CPI. Although there's a CPI revision coming up that might make it better. It'll probably confuse everybody. But the la- I got to say, the last three months, the PCE deflator is only 2.1 percent annually. So that's pretty close to their target. Uh, on a core basis, it's a point higher, 2.9. Um, so we, you know they got to be. Kept, I would say five percent. Uh, at the peak rate. Would you guys agree with that?
1: Um, I think a little less than that. I think yeah. 475 to 5. I think two more 25.
0: All right, but you're closing in yeah, I think that's what they're that, they closing park. in on Yes, But uh, yes. they'll have to grapple with an inverted yield curve for quite some time, so that will Amen. be interesting. Gentlemen, thank you very much for a spirited discussion, Jim Urio, and it, Kilburg, Jeff Kilberg. terrific stuff. Folks, we're going to take a quick break and then talk money and politics with John Fund, and Steve Moore. I'm and We'll be right back.